Hey, everybody, welcome back to another uh, monthly webinar, Latinos in Clinical Research, L-I-C-R, if you're cool. Uh, that's the acronym. And today we've got Belkis Rodriguez. She's the site owner, lead CRC, HHA, CNA, MA. We got to find out what HHA means. Of Pharma it's Research. Home Health. Home Health. Okay, there we go. We've got a lot to talk about from Pharma research associates we're going to have links to her linkedin underneath uh but belkis is in miami florida the greater miami area and very diverse patient population and i wanted to get and i know judy monica ashley also wanted to ask some questions in regards to patient recruitment and very interesting with the not just with the hispanic population but creole as well so Belkis, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. How's everything? Thank you so much. Uh, everything is going well. Um, adjusting, adjusting to our times and uh, working harder than ever, actually. How's business? Uh, How's to, business right now? Like at this moment? We, in uh, time? we are busy. We are busy and uh, we are looking into some of the COVID studies. So we have uh, geared up our center with, uh, with additional testing, additional areas uh, to keep patients that are possibly um, positive for COVID. So that is where we are right now. Um, Let's start with the home health because uh, let, your interview is also inspirational because I know a lot of people watching and listening to this podcast maybe later or live, you know, have ambitions also like site ownership and how does one go from CNA and HHA and MA, you know, all those acronyms you have, like how does one go from that to site owner? And then we'll get into some more uh, present uh, topics. Well, um, the origins are uh, MA. I started out as an MA um, and I, I found the need that the patients needed further understanding at times. Um, it was something where we gave them a lot of attention and a lot of catering to a lot of explaining. And these patients became very attractive, attracted to the studies. Uh, so if they met all the criteria and everything, then we were able to enroll them. These were patients that many times were not being looked at as potential patients yet we would cater to them. Um, we would follow up and uh, we would not let them go through the cracks. So these patients felt cared for and, uh, and that's how it all started. So I, st I started looking at that and I was, I was approached by a uh, member in the pharmaceutical industry who gave me shining light as to what this industry was truly about. Hmm. Um, I had a doctor that was very interested and motivated in clinical trials. So that's how we originally started back in wow. 2008. So basically so, a doctor told you about the opportunities in your research. It was actually in the far, it was a pharmaceutical uh, a CR, actually a monitor oh, okay. was uh, the one that gave me the first lead. And then of course the doctor was highly interested, highly motivated, but we really did not have the clinical trial experience. So it took us about yeah. four years to really um, make this happen for us. But that just uh, goes to show you. 2008, like, 2012. 
everybody needs a helping hand when you're getting started. And, um, and it's almost I, like everybody yeah. starts by accident, you know, so that's good. Judy, Monica, Ashley, feel free to ask any questions. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> Miami, Miami, the good and the bad with owning a site in Miami. I mean, we can go down that angle, but let's, you know, Monica, I feel like you feel like uh, saying something right now. Yeah. <laughs> so Belsky said that, that you were approached by a monitor, but how come you ended up meeting a monitor? But how was that? Uh, I mean, because not everybody get the chance to meet a monitor. Like <laughs> at, at first it was, I can imagine that it was obviously an accident because you were working as a MA or as a, uh, or, in, um, or caretaking. I was actually an MA at, the, at that time. I had uh, crossed over from the legal uh, field I, where I was doing medical malpractice. And I was, um, uh, I saw that I really enjoyed the medical aspect of medical mal malpractice more than I did the legality of it. So oh. I really enjoyed working with that part of the, of the uh, files and Sooner or later, I, I started telling myself, let's go, let's start inclining into the medical field. And in doing that, I encountered a, uh, a monitor and they, they gave me light into this field. And I started researching and looking into it and receiving education, light education, a little bit of education enough to understand. And uh, from there on, I... I really, um, it just took me, it just took me. I, I love clinical trials and uh, that's how, how I really started. It was a very humble beginning and a lot of bumps in the road, but uh, sure enough, we, we trained and we, we did everything we had to do when we moved forward. Um, so okay. we created this team. Go on, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in between, when you learn about, I mean, uh, you were explaining about clinical trials and you got the interest until you become a, a site owner, how long it was? It took four years. Wow. It wow. was four years in the making. Nice. So nice. yes, so in, in those four years, we, we had bumps in the road and times where it was discouraging um, because we were not receiving the answers we wanted. We were not uh, being picked as a site and we were really looking forward to these studies. We had the patient population and it was just that we did not have the experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, little by little, we, we started gearing up and we realized and we started training further. And uh, four years later, it took us four years for us to seriously break ground and, and take off till this date. Well, I would actually say that that's, you know, a really good time span given where you were with no experience mm -hmm. to that level. That's pretty substantial. I find that really, uh, you know, inspiring to be quite yeah. honest. It's really awesome. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm curious, you know, so you said that, you know, you, you found out through a monitor, how many other, you know, your coworkers, um, did any of them follow your footsteps through that? And I mean, I'm assuming you're Miami. I know it's, you know, um, Mexicanos, Cubanos, you know, everybody you know so uh and how many of them were latinos as far as latinos uh, and if are you relating to clinical trial sites yes well, i like, would what say was your background yes i would say that we at the same time it was three of us four of us that embarked on this journey 
and um, and we've done well. Uh, we do a lot of collaboration. As a matter of fact, we do um, meetings on Saturdays every so often where okay. we uh, join forces and, and we we don't incline our meetings to any particular study or any or any patient per se, but we do touch on uh, enrollment. Uh, you may have the expertise on uh, on hypertension or or diabetes, and I don't have a particular uh, expertise. And you might be able to say, well, you know, we did this, this, and this, and we were able to enroll and, uh, and bring in a, a good population. So that's what we do on weekends. Every so often we do get together Saturday mornings and, uh, and we network and, uh, and, that's, and that's how we've been able to bring our, our sites together. And we, we are friendly sites. Uh, we, so we have a few, we started together and we're still together and, that's great. Um, that's uh, but yes, for Latino. That's great. That's like a, that's a perfect example. I mean, for anybody else that's here, that's a site owner or that, uh, clinical research coordinators, you know, to take that into, uh, you know, uh, take that idea and consider your area, you know, I mean, ultimately we would like as an organization to, uh, through the registry, to be able to understand where you're at so we can provide specific locations of all sites so that you can do things like this. Um, but of course, you know, we need your help, right? So that's really amazing, because I think that's, that's great. You can always count on us. We are more than willing to help. We, uh, we're, we love to to join in and join forces. Uh, I We find that what you're doing is wonderful. It's uh, it's transparent and it's uh, it's helping the community. It's helping the sites. It's uh, it's bringing us all together as a joint force. So awesome. I yeah. think that's a wonderful thing about uh, becoming a community and work together because uh, we lift up each other rather than, you know, than just working by yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the great thing because you, uh, uh, I mean, enhance the power uh, and, and also help uh, others to grow as, as uh, you know, as a site, as a business, as a professional in any area. And we have, we, that's, that's something that I firmly believe in. Um, coming from a, a, a zero, ground zero, and uh, years before where we were, we didn't really know, and there wasn't a lot of help available at that time. It was it was so difficult. So I really, really believe in joining forces and help helping, extending uh, our help to to the community, extending our help to other coordinators, um, just reaching out and being there. So yeah. I've I've had to. I know I have gotten to points or areas where I. I am overwhelmed and I have been able to reach out to one of my friendly sites and, and say, and ask a, an important question or something or other and, and have gotten that, that help right then and there. So, uh, and vice versa. So it, it's wonderful what you are doing is wonderful um, that we can all uh, have this platform uh, to reach out, to network, to, to provide inf vital information and most of all, to bring awareness to our Latino community and all communities because we are diverse and we are inclusive. Awesome. And, and seeing that you, you know, you 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 said you co you uh, coordinate with all the other sites, uh, specifically your site. What therapeutic areas are you all focused in within your studies? We are multi therapeutic. Our 
principal investigator is uh, family board uh, certified family medicine. Uh, we do pain management. Um, and also we have uh, podiatry. So we are engaged in wound care studies um, and we've been successful with those studies. And, and other than that, we have, uh, we have respiratory that we'll do. Um, those are the ones that we are uh, mostly inclined to. And then COVID, we really want to uh, control and, and help uh, get rid of COVID once and for all at some point. So we are involved with the COVID at this time. And um, I know you said you started with a doctor. How many investigators do you have now? Um, at this time, we have uh, four, five investigators. So we have one principal mm -hmm. and uh, four sub-investigators. Or if it's a podiatry study, then I have my podiatrist as the principal investigator and uh, our sub-investigators continue to support us. Okay. And are they all um, pretty much like the one doctor and the, the PI has a, runs the research center, but the other sub-investigators, are they like full-time, part-time, kind of per diem as you need them? How does that work? Or are they all within the practice? Our, our they all have practices. They all have private practices. My office also serves as a concierge medicine uh, mm -hmm. practice. So, and my principal investigator has, has an office uh, in my, within my office as well. So uh, the sub-investigators are as needed, uh, mm -hmm. depending. Our podiatry uh, investigator uh, also can conduct uh, her hours, her uh, practice hours within our office. Wow. So that is how we are, are set up. Okay, so they come to you pretty much. So you yes. have the office. Yeah, you don't go to their offices. Okay, got it. That's, that's no. kind of cool. The yeah. only time we've done uh, when we have come out is when we have uh, gastroenterology studies and we need to use the uh, gastro suite um, mm. to conduct um, the uh, GI study itself. We got a question. Based on, uh, quick, quick question from Gabriella. Mm -hmm. What's a concierge medicine? With concierge medicine, we are um, we are open to the public. We practice uh, it's more family family medicine, and we are not taking we don't take heavy insurance anything. We are giving our patients affordable insurance, so they are coming in with affordable insurance. So this really um, works for patients that travel um, extensively. They're from out of the country and. Uh, they might spend three months here or so, and they pick up this short-term insurance and they have some kind of coverage or other. That's so that is what we That's very new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I cool. love how you're really catering to your, your patients. That's, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's definitely different. You know, I work for mm -hmm. zero and um, I haven't heard of that before. So that's mm -hmm. pretty amazing. I, I, now that you say that's, that. That's been like working for us. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to ask you, what will be the, I mean, five things that you will say that are the key factors of the success of your business? The success of my business, I think, has been um, living, we are in a high density uh, population, and it's uh, immensely diverse, and we cater to diversity. We have sustained inclusivity uh, throughout our 
our years of practice. Uh, and we continue to reach out, uh, even through COVID, we, uh, we are in home health as, as well. So we uh, virtually uh, conduct visits um, and keep in contact with patients. We, uh, we come out to uh, different uh, uh, churches uh, when, they're, when they allow us to. Uh, we promote healthcare within these churches. Um, and there's a lot of patients. There's a lot of patients that, that love that we come out to them and that we're kind to them and that we make them feel secure, safe. Um, I think those have been like the main, main points. Patient uh, subject safety is number one. And uh, we're constantly training. Uh, we're constantly looking to improve our skills. And uh, we have transparency. We do have a lot of transparency. And that, is, uh, that has been very important for us to maintain transparency throughout. Um, we do enroll, we do enroll well. Uh, we don't take studies that we don't think we're going to have a positive, a positive impact on. And, uh, and I think those are the factors that have kept us going uh, through time, including through these unprecedented times. Um, is just being consistent, consist a lot of consistency, uh, reaching out. Uh, I'm not shy to reach out. I'm not shy to ask for help. Um, and I do respond. If you ask me for help, I will respond. And, and, uh, and that's pretty much it. I, that's what we do. And of course, we are available for change. And uh, as long as everything is changing, we will continue to also uh, keep up to, to the changes. That's forthcoming. That's great, for President. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I personally really like how you, uh, how your site, uh, how your, you know, uh, business is not just, you know, considering the subject, but also considering the culture behind mm -hmm. and going to the churches and and going to directing to the actual, you know, patients as opposed to, you know, what most places do I feel that they just, you know, try to get them within the site and as they're coming in, but you know, there's just we know as, as Latinos, right, that the, there's a huge percentage that don't necessarily have the best, you know, either communication or relationship with their physician, right? So you want to go to them and, and um, you know, um, educate and and provide the resources just so that they know that it's there. And I, I really appreciate that you all do that. Um, you don't see Thank it you. that often. We're, we're trying to remove also the, the negative stigma of clinical trials by, and that's through a lot of uh, education and, and reaching out, just reaching out to these communities, letting them know that clinical trials are safe in the most part and that we are there to keep them safe, to help them uh, move forward through their trial that at many times we are the light at the end of the tunnel for many of these patients. Um, and uh, we are, we are removing the negativity and uh, clinical trials in our community are, are becoming very, um, there's a positive, we're receiving more positive uh, stigma than we did before from these patients. Before some of them would just sign a, an informed consent and three, four days later, they would call us and tell us, we thought about it or my daughter or my son thought about it and we just, we don't want to move forward. So um, we are seeing less and less of that. Uh, we, uh, we, do enroll in uh, many studies uh, and diversity is key to us. And 
informed consents the informed consents we we ask we always ask for uh, not just english consents spanish creole our principal investigator does speak fluent creole so if we have a creole speaking patient um, we are there to help this patient we are helped to um, encourage them to to look into this child to consider the trial um, so uh, that's uh, that's who we are. Uh, so we can do Bill. brick and mortar, or we can do uh, home health. We are available to both at this time. Nice. That's great. Belkis and Hafte, the sponsors, being uh, collaborating with your site needs in that aspect, like for example, uh, uh, giving the ICFs uh, translated in their in the patient's language, uh, and because sometimes they take weeks or even months to give this to the to the site and by the time the site receive it is probably the patient already <laughs> lose interest on in participating how does that work for you or for your site well as soon as we complete a uh, a pre-site we i always i'm very specific as to the requirement of english spanish and creole with the Creole, we have come across a little bit more difficulty in obtaining these consents. But with the, uh, the Spanish, we are coming along. We are coming along. Um, we engage in studies where we need, um, we need that informed consent immediately. So we, ensure, we, we specify, we're very specific to that and I'm there to continue asking for that consent. Awesome. Um, I so I'm curious as far as you know, you say that um, you know your your site is very huge on diversity, um, and that your subjects, your patients are very uh, receptive as far as you know following through. Would you say that your your PIs and not just your your main PI but our sub eyes as well, um, they're very you know um, uh, considerate of you know the ethnicity background and how they address the patient. And all of that. Well, definitely, we um we are very very concerned with the patient and making the patient ensuring that the patient feels comfortable, uh, feels safe with us, and um, not only the PI, but the sub PIs, the nurses, the medical assistants, our front desk. We are a team, so we are one, and our PI is very strict on that. He uh, he is. He wants to ensure that we are all collaborating together, um, so as a unit. So that's that's how we come across to the patient. We are there for them. We work for them. And do you have any like situations? I mean, for me, for instance, I mean, I come from the Rio Grande, but you know, there are situations for me personally. I I don't speak 100% fluent Spanish, um, and I'm very open about that. Um, but, you know, if there's any situations where, you know, you're maybe not all your site personnel um, know full Spanish, have you ever had any situations where you've noticed that the patient is slightly more hesitant to move forward unless you have somebody that's full fluent speaking or able to more accurately, you know, um, communicate the ICF or any type of aspect of the study to them? Well, if we have a Spanish speaking uh, patient, we ensure that the person that is delegated to consent is uh, fluent in Spanish. 
If it's an English speaking patient, we ensure that it is someone that is fluent in English. Um, so we have open communication. We have, um, we're transparent with the patient. We're there to answer the questions and they uh, to a level where they are comfortable. And we don't schedule patient on top of patient on top of patient. And we ensure there's time, enough time where they, they're not rushed. They, yeah. they can answer as many questions and they can go back and forth and, and decide whether they would like to participate or not. But we do make sure that, the, that we are um, handling the consent forms uh, with the patient and a professional that speaks their language fluently. And, and we, um, we're very strict about that. So you with the Creole, it, our doctor is the one that will do the consenting if it, if it is in Creole. I was going to ask you that, do you have a clinical research coordinator that speaks Creole? I have a, uh, one coordinator that speaks some Creole, but the, uh, the person that does the informed consent with the Creole speaking community is our PI. Oh, okay. Awesome. And I guess to kind of, you know, uh, get close to the ending, right? Where we uh, kind of go into the more open speaking with the whole organization. Um, how, how would you say your site is making waves in your community and diversity? Um, how are you going out there and, and um, I guess you could say showcasing what your site does and, and uh, what you offer? We are very consistent. Um, we are in a medical plaza, medical park that addresses, uh, there's about 80 businesses, 80 doors that we approach. Uh, most of them are medical. And um, we have the home health that is very uh, helpful. Uh, that's, that's one of our best avenues in, uh, in enrolling these patients, most of our patients. It's through home health, it's through our colleagues, it's through our sub-PI's office or offices. Um, and that's, and of course our database, we always go back to our database. But uh, right now, most, most of it has come from networking. We were net heavily networking prior to COVID. And what we've done is we continue to reach out um, to, to everyone that we were reaching out to. We just, we continue to um, not knock on their door per se, but we continue to make that call and, and just make sure people are okay and, and that we are there and we're available. Our office is open and we have remained open throughout. So awesome. uh, that, that's how we're doing it. Have you, mm -hmm. uh, Belkis, have you gotten any pushback when it comes to uh, Spanish speaking or Creole speaking from sponsors? Have, have all of them said, hey, this is okay, no problem? Or do you run into issues sometimes? We have run into issues. We have run into issues where they have said English only. Um, you're only cons we're only consenting English speaking patients at this time in this study. Mm -hmm. And, and that has caused, um, it's, a, it's a little um, discouraging because sometimes we have a great patient, but they, they're not English speaking. They, they're Spanish speaking or they're Creole and we cannot um, offer the study to these patients. So we have come across that. 
I mean, I know you probably can't go into detail, but, you know, I guess kind of surface scan. Um, is there more specific as to why? Is it just the lack of resources from the sponsor that they're not willing to, you know, get a translator to create these documents? I mean, you know, if clinical research, we need diversity. I mean, that's just the thing. If you're trying to provide, you know, help to people, you're trying to provide a service um, or product, whatever it is, you know, you need that diversity to be able to more fully understand how to more accurately help people on a whole, you know? So I, I personally don't under, I've never understood that. And I was hopefully that you'd probably have some insight that you could provide. I, um, I find it discouraging when it does happen. And we have, we have come across that a couple of times and it has been discouraging. It, uh, I don't exactly know. I don't know the reason. I don't know why. Um, they, they just say English only. And, um, and so that's the community we serve right for that on that particular study, but it, it, uh, it's disheartening because we know we have other patients that could possibly enroll into the study and, and be a great, uh, subject in the study. But, uh, recently we have not come across that though. That's good. We've, we have gotten a little bit better with that, but we did. We did go through that. There is, there is a think tank that I interviewed on this topic. Um, they call them their multi-regional clinical trial center mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. their center of Brigham and women's and Harvard. And they're kind of like a think tank. Um, you know, they, they get hired by sponsors to think of these bigger macro issues and this topic is like front and center because it plays right into the whole diversity inclusion equity in clinical research so i know there's people working on it or at least they're talking about it i don't know if working i mean i'm assuming they're working on it uh if they're talking about it but uh i think you know the louder we get the more uh action and change. I know Judy's very passionate about this. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope they're working on it because this yeah. is something we've been experiencing <laughs> for years and years and years. And we still experience up to this point. I I get studies all the time and I, I'm kind of like you, Belkis, from the beginning, even from the uh, feasibility portion, when I fill it out, I specifically state we need Spanish consents. Like we need it for my patient population. We, there are specific conditions. I can't take on a study if it's English only, like for example, an Alzheimer's study. Most of them are Spanish speakers. Most caregivers are Spanish speakers. So mm -hmm. I specifically put that. Then they go through and select our site and we go through the process and we get started and there's nothing in Spanish for months and months to come. Even oh, though no. I keep asking for it from the beginning. Um, so we've, we've kind of changed some things around where we, we create our own ads, but to go and create a whole consent, I mean, that's a whole lengthy process. It shouldn't be my responsibility, but I kind of want to take it on. <laughs> Yeah, we have created uh, generic posters um, mm -hmm. in Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, I've, uh, we have purchased uh, English and Spanish posters from the uh, mm -hmm. CISRP. We have, um, and we have those throughout the site, they're English and Spanish. Um, we have bought brochures for HIPAA mm -hmm. in English and Spanish. I mean, yeah. stuff like that I can do, but it's mm -hmm. like you say, I cannot go and translate right. and inform consent. Mm -hmm. So, and if they say, right, they're, they say English speaking mm -hmm. patients, then that's it. It's not, we can't do anything about it mm -hmm. where they cut us off right there. 
But uh, we've seen a little bit less of that, or at least the studies that have come in have come in where they are um, in at least English Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. We the, the Creole we're still we're still having some difficulty. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I can speak for the rest of our co-founders. Is that that's you know we we feel very passionate about this. So you know that's why even for whoever gets to show up and whoever gets to share a post, you know, the, the little that you can do to help spread this word and get us, you know, out there to more people so that we can, you know, it doesn't matter the ethnicity, we, we are here to share information, resources, educate, and ultimately, you know, to help collaborate with these sponsors so that they can find ways to help sites, you know, the ones that are actually interacting with these subjects and these patients, um, because really that's where it starts. And so that's what we're here to do. And we really want to make some waves in this industry, this organization. And, and I know that uh, Monica, Judy, and Dan feel the exact same way about this. And so we're, we're excited to start these conversations and, and get to hear y'all stories. And, and also just to know that we're not the only ones out here, right? We want to do this together. So, yeah. <laughs> A good point, Ashley. We're in this together. And also Chris Sauber is here lurking in the background <laughs> somewhere i know you're here chris um we help sites get studies so chris uh chris is very passionate about budgets and contracts and getting <laughs> studies for sites but the point is you're right actually we all deal with the same issues and uh this is why networking is so important and you know belkis i'm actually impressed that uh in miami which is the most competitive there's no debate okay we're not going to debate this in miami is the most competitive place for clinical research probably on the planet um and so i'm really amazed and i think it's a good thing that you guys out there locally are networking uh amongst each other i know here in la i used to be part of some groups before i started getting on youtube i used to just go to groups and you know, with other site owners. So there's some strategic advantages to doing that. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, stick around for the Q and A's. People are already asking questions. Uh, they're amazed. <laughs> Christine is amazed that uh, there's sponsors that are only accept English speaking. Uh, be amazed no longer, Christine. Welcome. <laughs> take the take the blue pill, and then Leroy. <laughs> Leroy has a question, but that's that's Lee, otherwise known as Lee. He's raising his hand. So I guess we'll start with you, Lee, yes. and then anyone else. We're going to unmute. This is the transition between Q&A, presentations over, Q&A starting, slash networking, because those two things, you know, overlap. So just unmute and start talking. But let's go with Lee first, because he raised his hand. You can see the icon there. So we have to respect that. <laughs> Yes, yes, I did. Hey, uh, you know, I, I listen, uh, I listen to you guys talk and you're so passionate. One thing that really comes through is how, how much you really care about the patients. I would really, I'd put it on my website, if, especially if a, com a combination of you from the Latinos and Clinical Research Group could record a video on why to participate, why to participate in research in Spanish, um, especially from a collection of site owners and or CRCs or people that are involved uh, because I think it would go a long way in the community in which my site's in. Um, I'd love to have that on my website to refer people to it. Awesome. Is that there you go. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Another just, action item for Ashley Margo. Yes, I just put the note. Thank you for that, Leroy. And and um, I'm sure Monica, I'll let her speak to more on that. Um, she has so many ideas for uh, Spanish-speaking videos, not just Spanish, but Spanglish, right? Because right here. <laughs> we have that too. We have, yeah, you know, we got to, we got to. Spanish. And I, I, yeah. <laughs> We were, we're going to do that. And that's so, also part like, of the survey. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Like Friday, I'll look for it. Um, I'm just kidding. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a very busy reporting Friday. We have lots of videos. And we, we have lots of videos have, coming up for you all. You can we, borrow. Videos, we already have some videos in Spanish that we can share with you. And actually, those videos are in the scoop. Yeah, the clinical research the circle, past. the clinical research circle. <laughs> yeah. But Lee, Lee's from, you know, he's he's being humble. He doesn't want to like plug his company, but he's <laughs> he runs West Valley Clinical Research in Phoenix. And it's a very underserved area of Phoenix, mostly Hispanic and African-American. Uh, so Lee's asking this, not just because it's a good talking point, but, uh, you know, it's something that he would probably uh, you know, benefit from. And I think many others watching and listening would too, you know, just copy and paste the video on your website and share it on social media. I think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think the patients will benefit mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, it'll help break the, the disconnect and trust. While I have seen in our community, they tend to trust their providers, mm -hmm. um, whether it be a PA or a, or a doctor or a nurse. Uh, they, they do tend, um, our community at least tends to listen to the, the providers well, but an extra video when they hear research, you know, it throws up a caution flag uh, versus an opportunity flag. And I'd like them to, to see the opportunity that lies there. Absolutely. Lee, well, please maybe. be careful. Please be careful. You're starting to make me anxious. <laughs> maybe collaborate with the, with the research PI that we can, yeah. you know, bring in the Spanish to kind of get the, the mixture of both. That's a really good idea. And to be quite honest, you know, that's partially also why, and I do apologize, um, there was kind of issues with the survey, but I will be having those up. I will be posting them online. Please share them here within the organization. And, um, you know, if anybody else that wants to get involved that you know will get involved, share that with them. The more information that we can get from you all, from sites, from whether you work with sponsors or whether you work with CROs, um, the more uh, feedback we can get and um, data that we can get on everybody is the more that we can help collaborate and share with, you know, other tech company sponsors, anybody that is looking to assist sites through this process and trying to, uh, you know, get more patients involved, especially the, you know, the minority, the, the ethnicity background patients. So, yeah, mm -hmm. thank you so much for that, uh, Leroy. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank Christine, you. Christine's Bell asking, how do we get in touch with Belkis? She's on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm going to put the uh, YouTube. I actually did a YouTube video with her um, earlier this month, uh, and uh, I'll put that link in there. And uh, now, guys, it's time to get selfish for you guys. We want to help you. So everybody just, you know, and, and you can all go at once if you want, but everybody tell mm -hmm. us what you need help with or what you would like to see or what you would like to get from us. And we'll see if we can do it or we'll see if somebody here uh, can or if somebody watching in the future will. So uh, let's just uh, all go uh, say whatever it is that you want to say or need help with or would like from us, uh, whoever wants to. I'd like to go. 
Go ahead. Um, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jessica Guerrero. Um, I'm based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been in the industry about eight years, eight and a half years now, starting from um, site level all the way through sponsor now. Um, and I think my biggest uh, talking point at this point would be to encourage uh, others to see more careers and research besides the site. Um, and as well, uh, the opportunities that can come from being a CRA. I have not had the experience of being a CRA. I've always worked as a CTA or in TMF ex uh, as a position by itself. And um, when I keep talking to people from site or college kids and things like that, they just see research as doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I'm looking for personal growth just in, you know, my community uh, possibilities, things like that. And just um, there's there's talk of opportunities of in-house CRAs now, um, mm -hmm. especially with COVID really putting down the fact that a lot of us can work from home. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really interested in seeing um, anybody that's really made that move to being exclusively an in-house CRA what the difference is between uh, that and the traveling CRA and what you also see as your personal growth from there as well. So thank awesome. you. Oh, well, Jessica, we happen to have one in the house. Yeah. <laughs> You're in I'm sure there's more. You're in and I'm from Austin, Texas. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard being here in Houston, seeing anybody. Um, there's maybe a, a handful of CROs. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, now once you have that experience, you're really open to sponsors all over the place. And yeah. I've also had the opportunity that, you know, your worth ethic and your references really vouch for you. Mm -hmm. And so when you start having these interviews of really seeing what's out there, you, you, you have the opportunity to be picky and really learn. Um, so that's why I'm really interested now in the CRA possibility, because before I want to say two years ago, I never, I never considered a CRA position. And now that mm -hmm. in-house CRAs are really picking up and COVID's helping with that, that's really something I'm willing to consider. And I want to see what possibilities that can, can bring. For sure. Well, I, I definitely want to say that one of the things that um, personal projects I want to do with the organization is I would really want to involve more of the education for the, the next generation coming up. I really think that that's super important. I, you know, I was in that, the exact boat. I was a biology major focused in medicine with human disease focus. And um, I had no idea that research was anything outside of scientists. And, uh, you know, luckily through my experience and my exposure, um, I meeting Dan and um, also getting to know Monica and Judy and everything that came along with that, um, I was able to land the opportunities that I got. And here I am uh, about a year later, which is pretty substantial, I think, uh, given all the stories I've heard. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely something I want to do. We want to provide more resources for students, more explanations, uh, kind of gateways, uh, you know, things that they can do and work work on while they're in college. Like those are the things I'm, I'm personally trying to focus on right now. And um, it's even more so the tech, right? Cause you can easily learn systems online or you can learn about them or look them up and things like that. So these are a lot of stuff that I uh, wanna focus on. And I know that Dan and Judy and Monica are behind board on this. And um, that's something you can expect. We're all coming up with little projects that we're working on our own so that we can you know, grow this organization in a very massive way and not just in one direction. We want to hit all pinpoints and we have 
huge, huge uh, plans. I mean, we're already working on them right now, right, Monica? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. There's a lot going on. Uh-huh. We're very busy. We're working so. hard, guys. But yeah. I want to say but- like attracts like, okay, because this is the <laughs> same exact question I got from Christine here. I would, and Christine, you would make a very good remote site monitor. Christine has study coordinator experience. So I know they would hire you like this. It's just a matter of networking with people like Ashley. I mean, everybody, you know, who wants to be an RSM should go on LinkedIn and just look up remote site monitors. Hopefully Ashley come up first because she knows how to hack the algorithm. So she'll come up first, (laughs) but then there's other people too. connect with all of them because if you want to be uh, like someone, right, in a position, it makes sense to network with them to see how they did it. It's not really that difficult um, to network nowadays. Like the world is flat. People are still working from home or they're like on a staggered schedule. So like attracts like everybody uh, whose RSM should be like networking with Ashley. Everybody who wants to start a site should network with Belkis vice versa you know it's just uh there's there's other people who have done it and i think that uh, everyone can benefit from networking and we are also helping uh, working towards creating something that is going to help the professionals so i'm just giving you a hint down there (laughs) just there so that way in some point we actually have it in uh, it's work in progress so uh it's going to happen I think soon, oh, yeah. and 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 it's a great it's a great idea, and we think we're gonna help uh, a lot of our community and also the industry. We hope to be the facilitators. We we definitely hope to be the facilitators for these kind of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else? Let's go. Well, this go. is go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, this is Joe Gal from Greenfire. Um, I live in Charleston, South Carolina, but the company is based outside of Philadelphia. I was just going to let the group know two things. Number one is tomorrow uh, I'm interviewing Danielle Coe on a Lunch and Learn webinar, and she was the co-founder of, or, or the founder of Black Women in Clinical Research, and so she's got a lot of connection through her network that are already going to be joining us on that call, all her colleagues, and the second thing I was going to let you know is that I do make a plug for the Latinos in clinical research in that discussion. Um, I actually have some, um, Judy, uh, Glendo, some of the things that you said in your interview about, you know, what different educational backgrounds, um, it's, it's nothing specific. It can be IT, it can be health sciences, it can be accounting. There's a place for you in clinical research. So I actually use your quote in the um, interview process, um, but I think, Hopefully down the line here in 2021, we can have a similar interview with the Latinos and clinical research leadership group. And you can, and we can talk about this group and we can talk about um, the goals for this group and what you're up to kind of hear that you're working hard and so forth. So I just wanted to make you aware of that. And uh, it's another way that we can continue to promote and network. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A dot Rodriguez. Yes, I'm Arnaldo Rodriguez. I want to speak on what Jessica was saying as a um, uh, person at the site. Um, I currently work for IQVIA, but I'm an in-house monitor or uh, um, I work from home, so I'm, uh, even before the COVID situation. But um, basically, we work in real-world evidence, and there's opportunities there, as well as uh, I have a daughter that works at ICON. 
she's a CRA, but she actually, when she was going through the training uh, phase, there were a lot of um, uh, basically site coordinators that were going through that uh, training with her and they were training out of uh, Tennessee. So I would definitely encourage you to uh, look into those opportunities out there that may also recruit from study coordinators to go ahead and uh, uh, take that to a CRA role. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Definitely you. Consider for an interview in the future if you're yeah. open to it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I feel another uh, guest yes. appearance pretty soon. Uh, that's pretty cool sure. that, that you're, you said your daughter is in research too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a family thing, actually. My oh, wife is good. also. My wife is also in clinical research. She's in uh, data oh. management. And then my wife's, uh, my daughter's a CRA and my sister's a uh, CTA. Oh, oh my God, gosh, we got to do a family awesome. interview. That's, like yeah. awesome. that's <laughs> what we want to hear. We want yeah. to hear yes. more of that. And we're trying to hopefully see more of that in the future. That's what mm -hmm. we want. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something we we're have, doing as well. We my son is training also for, mm -hmm. uh, for clinical research. So we'll, we will see him yeah, sometime soon. Yeah, I think I think this could be actually a good idea for another webinar to bring the family members that That's are family. <laughs> That's right. You're on the short list. I think list. it's You're really motivating. Let's yeah. <laughs> Let's get you on. Anyone else? Cool. Anybody else? Speak now or wait till uh, March? Next or, time. I mean, you can always reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, got to promote my clubhouse if you got an iPhone every Friday night at five Pacific, I don't know what, uh, eight Eastern, uh, I'm hosting a clubhouse. Actually, Christine's who's on this call, uh, and Monica, they're like helping me, uh, co-host. So it's only open to iPhone right now. Not very much awesome. diversity yet, but we're, <laughs> we'll get there. So then I have a question. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you, you know, I live in Colombia and I, oh, yeah, I manage Carl, clinical going? trials for medical devices. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Monica, also so, my so favorite the, Colombian. <laughs> I missed the last one last month. I'm sorry about that, but I'm, I'm really interested in your group. So I'm here again. So now that no one else has a question, I, was, I would like to say how, how do you think are the possibilities of clinical research sites in, in Colombia or in South America to be promoted in the United States and how can we get more trials? Because in Colombia, we, we have around uh, 130 sites certified by the local regulatory agency. And I would say that only 20 of them might have running clinical trials. The rest of them are, I mean, doing nothing. So, so uh, I've been, you know, watching your videos and see what you guys are doing. And, and I have been also that the director of a clinical research site in ophthalmology and, uh, you know, using, having only one specialty was even worse because you are limited to one specialty and in a third world country, things are not easy for us. So yes, I told you, I've been running as a CRO, but uh, I've been, approached by several physicians and friends that want to open clinical research sites. And so what's your opinion? What's, what are our possibilities of being successful in this area? I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not an expert on Colombia. We have I actually I'm trying to get Dr. Perez, Gilberto Perez from he he's in Tampa. Uh, but he is Colombian and he travels like every month to Colombia. So I know he does a lot of business in Colombia. I'd be happy to connect you on LinkedIn with him. Um, what I would do if I were you, uh, there's a two pronged approach. I would go after the CRO or after the sponsors from clinicaltrials.gov, especially COVID. There's a lot of demand for COVID and rare disease uh, uh, to open up opportunities in Latin America. And then you can have the sites simultaneously that show interest because once you marry the two, it becomes a lot easier, you know, to, uh, to connect it. If you have a study in hand or at least the sponsor who's interested uh, versus an investigator, but it could also work the other way around. If you have a group of investigators interested, you can now go to the sponsor and say, Hey, we have multi-specialties capability in Colombia. Um, I don't know. The details as far as regulatory affairs is concerned, I don't think every study is appropriate, but I do think there is a market for that. I think it's a huge market. I think it's an emerging market. And I know it's being done because Dr. Perez is doing this. Uh, so I'd be happy to put you in touch with him. Maybe you guys can collaborate uh, somehow, but it's definitely uh, a huge opportunity in my opinion. I think yeah, you have to I go mean, after well, the sites well, and the sponsors. Yeah, we, we already have the sites and, and you know, we, the regulatory area is, is already understood and we, we manage all these aspects. The, what we, the difficulty that we have is, is getting the sponsors and it's not easy to get an it's answer. It's a numbers from, game. From it's a numbers yeah. game. I mean, I think with COVID, I think with a, like a, all these very competitive or either very competitive like COVID or very hard to source subjects like orphan diseases, rare diseases, I think that's your best chance. Those two extremes, I think is your best chance um, to go through clinicaltrials.gov and just start emailing. Great, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll stop the recording guys, mm -hmm. but thank